¿cómo estás? ¿Está todo bien? ¿Qué? ¿Está todo bien? ¿Qué? Okay. All right. Well, we tried. Lord knows we tried. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Sons of History podcast. I'm Dustin Bass, and on the phone is our good friend... Alan Joaquin. Uh, and the crowd goes wild. I'm... <laughs> Wow. Who all is what there? You, Who all is there with you? Alan? A bunch of just heavy breathers? Anyway, yeah, please continue. Yeah, you, you, you mind? Okay, let me go ahead and explain why it is that you're on the phone before we get this show really underway and why we were speaking Spanish at the beginning. We'll, we'll start with why you're on the phone. Uh, we have to do this show. Um, we always pre-record, but we have to really pre-record because you are heading out of town for the next couple of weeks. Where are you going? I'm going to go back to New England and visit some of the places that I went last year, but this time with a better camera. Because last time I just used my cell phone. Uh, this time I, I'm using a uh, semi-professional camera and intend to take better quality videos and pictures so that eventually in the future we can create a video that will have the American Revolution in chronological order. Okay. So now, you're going to have a... Place I'm, going. I'm also going to go to Holland where I'm going to visit places that were made famous from both the Band of Brothers and A Bridge Too Far. All right. Let me ask you a question before we keep going. Can you hear me? Or am I yeah, just gonna am I just gonna have to like try to scream over you? Because no, I I, you. when I'm talking, I like I, well. I don't know if you can hear me. You just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We do. Hold on. We have we have a delay. Do we? Yes, we do. You we have sure? a delay because uh, a lot of times uh, I will. There will be silence, and then I'll talk, and then and then you're talking, and you don't okay, realize. Okay, so your your I'm phone is talking. a your phone's a freaking joke. That's what it is. Okay, so as long as we're on the same page, that's all I care about. All right, so you're okay. going over there with a semi-professional camera and a unprofessional photographer. So that's good to know. That's probably going to work out really well. Um, I think the audience is very excited to see what comes out of that camera, as am I. Um, so you're going over there. You'll be gone for the next couple of weeks. Now let's explain why we were talking in Spanish. You want to take this? Certainly. Uh, developments of what I see going on in this country where we have uh, people embracing extremes, both on the left and on the right. Um, much of it is because they want to get the other side or we want to, as they say, take back our country in the next election, mm -hmm. which then forces many of the people that are in the middle who may or may not have a very strong opinion about things will have to take sides. They'll either take sides with the Democrats that um, are not, are kind of like the anti-Joe Biden coalition. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the, on the right-hand side, you have the people who support Trump, and then you have the never-Trumpers. Um, the, the danger that I see with this country is, is that... Okay, but why, why are we talk, speaking Spanish? Could we, could we get that out 
before you go into the entire episode and we haven't even done our book and movies, please stay on point. Uh, okay. See, this is the problem. This is why we don't do it over the phone. I think people are enjoying me yell at you over the phone. You think so? I'm kind of like like going, hmm. I kind of like it when you were gentle. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) It sort of brings me back to, uh, what was it, a couple of episodes ago that we were talking to you like, why can't you be nice? Don't talk to me like that. I told the guy, I told the bartender, I told the bartender, I said, hey. not what you said, it's how you said it. Exactly. See, we're back on that again, where I'm trying to say something, I'm trying to, I'm trying to kill a joke here, and you just keep yapping. Can't do it, man. Can't do it. Let this be the last time we do this phone thing. All right, go ahead. Uh, You know what? Forget it, because you went on a rampage. Uh, Reason we're doing uh, Spanish at the beginning, boy, I'm sure our listeners are like, could you freaking get to the point already? We're going to be discussing the Spanish Civil War. Um, and unless you have, uh, unless you just can't see or you don't know how to read, then you didn't see that in the title of our description. So anyways, yeah, we're talking about the Spanish Civil War, but we're also going to be talking about Santa Ana, the Mexican government, and um, the Texans. So, not the Houston Texans, that joke of an organization. We're talking about the early Texans. Anyways, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our book and movie review. Let's get you out of the way, shall we? Because you're going to be taking the lead on this on this episode anyways. Guys, you're the guy with the knowledge on the Spanish Civil War. So, all right. shall all right. we? Go ahead. Both the, both the book and the movie have to do with the Spanish Civil War. The movie is For Whom the Bell Tolls. Uh... Starring Gary Cooper and Ingrid Bergman. Um, this is one of your favorite authors, uh, Ernest Hemingway. Correct. Um, so it, it, it is about uh, it is about the Spanish Civil War, and it does take the the Republican side. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, the Republicans in the Spanish Civil War were the leftists. They were right. the loyalists who were supported by the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and who fought the uh, who fought a coalition of right-wingers, the monarchists, the Carlists, the fascists, uh, under uh, Generalissimo Francisco Franco, who is still dead. Yeah. And if you don't watch the old Saturday Night Live, you won't understand that. Okay, well, I guess I didn't catch that. uh, The book is George Orwell's Homage to Catalonia. George Orwell was a uh, supporter of the Republic slash the Loyalists. And uh, he fought at the, at the Spanish Civil War, and he was almost killed. He was shot, and uh, but he he became disillusioned because of the uh, Stalinist communists, uh, which really shaped much of his uh, thinking. And that's why we came, he came out with 1984 and Animal Farm later on. Yeah, he got shot in the throat, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I he was he was almost killed. Yeah. So my uh, my selections, also a an Ernest Hemingway book, uh, The Sun Also Rises. This is obviously a lot in Spain, Pamplona to be exact. Obviously not during the Spanish Civil War, however. Uh, still a fun book. I really enjoyed reading it uh, a while back. Um, it is 
well, I say a fun book. It is a fun book, but it's, as just about any Hemingway novel, slightly depressing. So, if you want to check it out, though, it's a classic. And it's not a very long read. So, my movie selection is called The Devil's Backbone, which was co-written and fully directed by Guillermo del Toro, um, famous director now. Um, but that was, this movie came out in 2001 and it deals with what's well, the 1939. So it's the last year of the Spanish civil war. Um, and it's a sort of, it's a horror movie. Um, with, with Guillermo del Toro, it's not like the horror is the story really overtakes the horror. So that's what I like about Guillermo's, uh, work. So uh, good movie. You want to check that out. And all right. Shall we move on, sir? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. So uh, Spain uh, in the early part of the 20th century was a monarchy. Mm-hmm. Now, they, uh, you know, Spain wasn't really doing very well economically. And there was uh, a lot of tension between the army and the Catholic Church. Um, it got to the point that in 1939, there was an election. And in that election, uh, Alfonso, King Alfonso the You said, King, hold on, you said what year? This was in 1931. Oh, okay. I thought you said 1939. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no. No, no, in 1931, there was an election, and the, the leftists who wanted a republic overwhelmingly won, and it... It uh, left uh, King Alfonso the Thirteenth in the realization that he was not very popular, and so he uh, put himself in exile. Yeah, so now Spain was a republic. Oh, did you uh, did you hear my delay? Is that why you stopped talking? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on from 1931 and Alfonso the Thirteenth leaving. So it's interesting that you you bring this up. Alfonso the Thirteenth just like he unceremoniously just up and left, and the Republic won, which was the leftist, the socialist, um, and just almost immediately after, because um, you'd mentioned the military and the Catholic Church having a lot of power at that time, a lot of anti-Catholic sentiment. Uh, rose up and there was a lot of destroying of churches um, and persecuting of priests and nuns. And so it was, and to an extent, there was the the rise of the peasants, which you'd seen sort of in the Russian Revolution um, and in places that had um, gravitated towards communism. So it was the rise of the peasants and, you know, removing property and stuff like that. But I'm sure you're going to jump into that, so. Uh, Yes, um, the what the, the reason why I wanted to bring much of this up in terms of how it how it affects the United States is that when the leftists took over, um, it, the powers in Madrid decided that they were going to force the whole country to uh, embrace their vision. Now, many of the outlying areas, uh, many of the countryside, did not embrace the vision of the people in Madrid. Um, you know, they wanted more of a loose autonomy so that they could decide their own fate, that they had their own vision of how they wanted things done. But, you know, the leftists uh, were like, nope, this is how 
it's going to be. We're going to have this one vision, and we're going to lead Spain into the 20th century. Well, it led to a lot of resentment. The, the, the clergy obviously did not like it. Uh, many, Again, many of the people, the conservatives out in the country did not like it. The military did not like it. And there was a lot of hostility, a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. And the, the overwhelming thinking was when they had the election, they had another election two years later, the thinking it was, we're going to take our country back. Yeah. And, they, and they did. They formed a coalition. Now, the leftists were far more divided than the, uh, than the right wing. Yeah, there were there were a ton of different groups. It was it was like communists, socialists, um, anarchists. Um, it was just a bunch of different groups that that tried to unite, but it's it's hard to unite on that on all those different grounds. Right, because each group wanted things their way. There was not much of a um, you know like they were going to come together, a compromise. It was, you know, if, if I don't, if I don't force my my view, then my constituents are going to be upset with me for not pressing forward with with the vision that they had. So there was not much compromise. Now, now the right wing, the yeah, like I said, you had the monarchists, you had the Carlists. Now the Carlists and the monarchists, they were uh, competing for the crown. They they both wanted a king, but it was different. It was kind of like the War of the Roses in England between the, the Yorks and the Lancasters. Uh, but in Spain, they had the, um, there's, there's, they called them the monarchists and the Carlists. But you also had the fascists and, uh, the, the, uh, I'm sorry, the phalanges, mm-hmm. which, was another, which was another group. Uh, you, had, you had the strong uh, Catholic clergy, which uh, would go either way. They formed a coalition, and they were able to win the election in 1933. Now, when they took power, they too decided to impose their will on everybody. Right. Uh, rather, rather than letting the different locate different autonomies like Catalonia and the Basques didn't want a strong central government, and and that is still the case to this very day. Mm-hmm. Catalonia is trying to break free from Madrid. Basques, same thing. So when the right wing took over. They pretty much forced their will on everybody else, and then this caused tension, and it caused much resentment, and there was some some fighting between the rightists and the leftists. Right, and not just any later. type, of, and not just fighting, but actual like killing, like yes, there was, yes, there was killing. Yeah, there, there was killing. Yeah. And um, okay, so now a couple of years later, there was another election, and this time. The left wins again, mm-hmm. and same thing. We're going to impose our will. There, there were some coups, attempted coups, uh, but you know the, the the Popular Front, which was a, a far left wing uh, coalition, they they took over the government and right. they began to run things the way they wanted to. Now, again, like we mentioned about the tensions, now there was a a, a right winger who was anti republic. His name was Calvo Sotilo. Now, he was killed. Yeah. And next thing you know, there was, uh, you know, retributions by the right wing. And this is what really started the Civil War. Uh, both sides took up arms and they started killing each other. It was and sort it was, of it was sort of that, that perfect timing because right before um, Sotelo was, was assassinated... Um, one of like a, a prominent member of of the left, Lieutenant Jose Castillo, was was killed. 
Um, and then it was a retaliation of, I guess you could say the communist police or the left or the police, but it was, they were on the left and they assassinated Sotelo. And then you had apparently just, they were, they were waiting for something to happen. The people on the, the right were waiting for something to take place. And that took place and brought in, um, the military, um, yeah. to, just to, to really bring in the, I guess the repression, if you will. Well, they, you know, it looked like they had something planned. Yeah. Uh, the, the military just kind of rose up and they decided to take matters into their own hands. And um, they used Spanish Morocco as a, as a base of operations. And I think it was, uh, it, it's, it's sort of that, that situation where the military and the, and the powers, uh, the generals of, of the military were, I guess they were acknowledging or, or they just kept an eye on what was going on. They had eyes in the, in the cities um, of what was happening. And you could tell that, like, you, like you've mentioned, the, 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 three, the three elections that took place where it's left wins, right wind, left wins, and it's just each one, once they get into power, they just try to shove it down you know, their, their ways down people's throats. And it just boils over into violence and chaos. And what does the military bring? And the military brings might. It brings power. And therefore, it brings order. Although, in order to get that order, you have, you know, mass mass destruction of, of what took place. That, that is correct, yes. Um, no, nobody, but both, neither side would give in to the other side. Neither, it, it, it was the usual take our country back. And they didn't recognize the possibility of, of loose confederations so that, you know, the people of uh, Castile or the people of uh, the Basques could give them a little bit more autonomy. They, if they want to rule a certain way, okay, let them do it and let, let Spain have the Spanish government out of Madrid. It would be more in, in terms of like a common defense or... Uh, you know, like uh, transportation, uh, in, interstate, uh, interstate commerce, or interprovince co- commerce, however you want to, mm-hmm. however you want to label it. But but they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Each side wanted to impose their will on everybody else, and this was going to leave a bad taste in the mouths of the people who lost the elections. If this sounds familiar, yes, this is the reason why we are having this discussion on the Spanish Civil War. Exactly. I mean, because you you see the same exact thing with, you know, the the right being so upset about the Obama administration for for two um, elections or eight years. And then you have the left so up in arms about Trump in office right now. And I, I look at it. It's, you know, it's very mirror image um, in, 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 in the way that in the way that we we speak against each other, um, the left speaks against the right, and vice versa. This Spanish, the, what led to the Spanish Civil War is it, it's all about my my views are absolutely right, and your views are absolutely wrong, and it eliminates the idea, like you like you're saying. Eventually, the government has to be has to be to the point where. You have to let people self-govern. It, you can. You don't need to be in control of 
everybody's life. You don't need to be control in control of their actions and definitely not in control of their thoughts. Um, and this is what, when the right got into power or when the left got into power, it was, you are going to do as I say. And human nature is just like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, you're not going to control everything that, that we're doing. And it's scary. It, that must have been an incredibly scary time to live in, in Spain. But it's, it's scary when, when you think about it right here. We've got a lot of safeguards um, that protect us against the government, but it's not even so much the government right now. It's, um, I mean, to an extent, we, we had that conversation with the red flag laws and all that, but we're not really talking about that. We're not talking about revolutionary thought uh, last week. We're talking about that right now, where everybody on the, you know, not everybody, but the far left and then the far right are all saying, like you're, like you're saying right now, they're all saying this, we've got to take our country back. Or if you're on the far right, you're thinking we got to keep our country, and we've got. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that if people don't recognize this and understand, like, man, the the parallels um, that are presented to us, we will go right down in, into that path uh, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think it it will be. Something it, it won't be like a huge war that that erupted in in Spain. I think it would it might be something where California will will say, let's say Trump wins the next election. Mm-hmm. California will state emphatically, you know what? We are not going to follow some of the federal procedures. We're not going to follow some of the federal laws. We are going to we're we're just going to refuse now. This was how the American Civil War started when Lincoln was elected president in 1860, where you you had some of the southern states saying, you know what, no, we're going to defy Lincoln. We know that Lincoln is such an abolitionist, we're we're just going to defy them. And that's why, you know, they they, they thumbed around with uh, the idea of uh, just separating themselves from the government, Mm -hmm. from the federal government. And when when they achieved it, that's why you know you had Fort Sumter being fired upon in South Carolina because you had a, a federal U.S. outpost in a southern state, and and they wanted them out, and that mm-hmm. that was the spark that led to the American Civil War. And the same thing with Spain. Spain, you had a three-year civil war where the the right wing, the fascists, uh, Francisco Franco, the Falangists, they were receiving aid from Nazi Germany and fascist Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mussolini and Hitler supplied uh, Franco with with uh, with planes, with troops, um, airmen, pilots, and you know, there were instances where, where towns were bombed. Um, there was, was that famous painting, Guernica. Pablo Picasso uh, painted the bombing of Guernica uh, by the Condor Legion, which was the, uh, the German planes, the, the German Air Force, the Luftwaffe. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the Republic, the Loyalists, they received aid from Joseph Stalin and the Soviet Union. Now, the people, again, in the middle, they had to take sides. There was not a, there was not a third coalition of uh, fighters that formed a moderate party. If you were pro-Catholic, 
you went with the phalanges, with the with the factious. If you were against the clergy, you 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 did not like the church. You fought with the republic, the loyalists. Now, take a look at our um, the the Democratic Party right now. Joe Biden was talking about how he, you know, one of the things that made him good to be for president was the fact that he worked with many of the people on the right. Mm-hmm. And when he, he mentioned some of the names, the people on the far left were saying, well, those guys were racist or those guys uh, supported segregation. Yeah. And they immediately scorned or they, they, they got against, they went up against Biden for, for even mentioning the fact that he worked with people who opposed his beliefs. Yeah. The point was that, you know, we all, we're all Americans. We all need to work together. Yeah. But, and and but, it doesn't mean we have to agree completely. I, right. I, I want to interject with, with that real quick. You know, the, the statement made that, you know, you sided with or you worked with segregationists and, and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that I guess that's true um, that he did that. But you have to keep in mind, like, it's politics. And I w- almost wish that he would have come back to Kamala Harris was saying, like, are you brand new to politics? Is this is this a new thing for you? Because whether you like it or not, when you're in politics, you're going to have to work with people whom you completely disagree with on certain points. You have the left who are pro-abortion, and you are pro-choice at least, and you have the right and the Republicans who are pro-life. Well, guess what? Those two don't agree on, on, that, on that matter at all. But you have to get over the fact that, okay, this person I completely disagree with, but on this other issue, we've got to work together. We can have our differences as strong as they may be, but if you if you decide I am not going to work with this person because I disagree with them on this point and it's in, in politics, then you're not ever you're not ever going to get anything accomplished. You're not going to you're there to work for your constituents and, and the people of, of America to get certain things done. And you have to get over um, and I know this is this is probably something that people are like, oh, how dare you, you know, say, but it's politics, whether you like it or not, like it's American politics. So you have to sort of put aside your differences, as people say, and come to some type of an, of an agreement on certain things. I just want to throw that in there, but it just, it seemed so, so naive um, for this to even be really brought up and I know I know that politics and and campaigning can be just atrocious and and just disgusting but to me it's like look it's politics and you have to work with people that you quite possibly despise well this is going to be one of the reasons why you know I know you and I we've had discussions in the past regarding whether um, certain laws should be federal do we do we you know like right now there are some red red flag laws but the states have them right now there's a push to make it a federal law right which comes to the question of how much how many laws should we federalize or make them national exactly as opposed to just leave things leave things for the states uh, the reason why I bring this up is because if we look at our own how our own republic was created it wasn't a republic at the beginning. It was actually a confederacy. Uh, the the thirteen states 
the 13 colonies uh, did not really trust each other very much. Uh, Samuel Adams stated in 1776 that, that the states shared neither a common history nor a common vision. John Adams stated that uniting an enormous continent under one rule was not practical. Yeah. They, they wanted, they, they understood the purpose of having a union uh, to fight external dangers. In this case, it was Great Britain. Mm-hmm. But they did not want all laws to come out of a strong central government. Yeah. They knew the danger of a strong central government. Um, they, they knew that, e- I mean, each state pretty much had its own religion, with the exception of maybe Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about established churches. Yeah. You know, Virginia, their established church was the Church of England, whereas the in Massachusetts it was the Congregational uh, Puritan Church. So they, they did not want every single law coming out of Philadelphia, or later New York, and then Washington, D.C., and this is the gist of what we're trying to get at, in that, you know, we know that in Texas, we think differently than, say, the people of California. We think differently than the people of Minnesota, who think differently from the people of Florida, and and vice versa. So when when you have a government in D.C. wanting to push all these federal laws and impose it on the whole country... You're going to have a conflict. You're going to have, it's, it's going to get to the point where every person in every state is going to do everything in their power to put their man in, in, in power so that he can impose, so that they can impose their will on everybody else. Right. It's, it's, it's 50 states for a reason. And supposedly, it's supposed to be 50 sovereign states, right? Where, where we're able to self-govern, we're able to, you know, local and state governments are supposed to take care of their, their own things. And it's only supposed to be a few things that are, that are pushed via the federal government. Well, that is gone the way of the dodo. If I can use that phrase, which I've gotten really into a habit of using that phrase. Um, and I think I'm going to keep that anyways, you know, Article, not article, but Amendment 10, the 10th Amendment, uh, the last one in the Bill of Rights, it states this. It says, the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are what? Are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. And that just, more and more and more, it just seems like that's not the case. It's like, well, you've got your 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 representatives, and they represent your states, and you have your your senators, they represent represent your states, or you know, and your and your communities. And I'm like, yeah, but we also have state legislatures. Like, we have that for a reason. Otherwise, let's just get rid of the whole freaking you know state legislatures and just have Congress, and we'll just go through the representatives from there because it's getting to the point where it's like. Well, if if the federal government's just going to overhand, you know, overhandedly just make laws that's like, okay, this is across the board on the constant, what's the point in having a, a state legislature anymore? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you look if you look at Texas, Texas alone, Austin is nothing like much of rural Texas. Right. So can you imagine if the people of Austin basically would tell everybody in the whole state how to run their lives. It, it, it's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. You would have, um, as you know, Thomas Jefferson 
primarily wrote in the Declaration of Independence, like it, it becomes the if it's against what the people want, then they have the right to alter or abolish that government. And so that's what would end up happening. And you're going to get to the point where the federal government is going to push so many laws on us that I I, I just Look, the left and the right agree on that point, that the federal government is too powerful. Um, now, there are a lot of people on the left that are, that are pro-government and more on the right that are, that are for small government. But there are plenty of people on, on the left and even on, on sort of the, the farther left who, are, who don't like laws that are being pushed by a Republican government. So it gets to the point where it just depends on who's in office. That you're that well, you're against the government, right? You know, Cal- the Californians they they live a certain way, and you know if if they want to impose these these rules on their people, I'm fine with it, as long as they're not uh, you know stating things that are against federal law, uh, things that are say in the Constitution. Like for instance, I don't want my constitutional rights. Uh, to be pushed aside once I go into California. But if, if California wants to have a certain form of taxation, let them. It's not going to affect me here in Texas. Yeah. Now, there are, there are examples of where uh, a strong central government has created problems in outlying areas. And that includes the United States. After, after uh, uh, you know, there were a couple of rebellions in, uh, here in the United States. You had... Shays Rebellion, which really was what led to us becoming a republic. Yeah. Um, many of the many of the people in Western Massachusetts felt alienated from the government in Boston. Uh, the Whiskey Rebellion, uh, same thing, where the people in the rural areas, and I believe that was in Pennsylvania, they felt like they were not being adequately represented by the people in Philadelphia. They wanted to you know, be left alone and not have all these rules uh, being pushed on them. Yeah. But it, it's not just in the United States. Mexico. Now, when Mexico became an independent country from Spain, uh, they had a constitution in 1824, which was, which was very popular among people throughout the, uh, the um, uh, throughout Mexico. And that includes the people of Texas. That yeah. includes Stephen F. Austin. This was when many of the Americans went into Texas, and they, they were fine with the 1824 Constitution. Because, it, lot- because it looked a lot like the American Constitution. It was built a lot like the American Constitution, where you had the, you know, the separation of powers, more or less. You had the, the House of Representatives, you had the Senate, you had the President and Vice President, you had the Supreme Court, you had the, the separate states. Uh, so it was a lot that just, you know, it was almost like they, they, I wouldn't say completely copied, but there is, you read through the Constitution, the Mexican Constitution of 1824, and you, you would have to, you know, I don't know how you couldn't see the similarities. Mm-hmm. Well, then there was a man named Santa Ana. He came in, and in 1835, he scrapped the Constitution and created a very strong central government and what happened predictably there were revolts all over mexico which lasted for many many years uh texas declared their independence tabasco yucatan 
Nuevo Leon. Um, I can't pronounce some of these others, but uh, <laughs> Tamaulipas or Tamaulipas, Cohula, which I think uh, Cohula and Texas were united at some point. Um, even the oh, Republic of oh, Rio, Rio Grande oh, tried to become a, well, they tried to become a republic, but uh, Santa Ana squished them pretty quickly. Yeah. So you know, and and that's just that's just some of the states. There were there were many other uh, provinces that declared their independence, and it was because look, they wanted to rule. They want you know, uh, uh, they wanted to rule a certain way, without being uh, oppressed by a central government that didn't think the way they thought yeah which people need to understand that i mean we've got to get to that point again i mean i think a, i think a majority of people understand that and accept it but there is a large minority of people who understand but do not accept the fact that we think differently we think on you know either religious um perspectives and moral and value perspectives and and or based on our personal experiences, we have to understand that we we're very different, and we we all come from different places, and we have to accept the fact that we we think differently, and we have to work through those things, but not work through those things with the mindset of if you don't change according to what I want, I'm going to kill you, or I'm going to th- have you thrown in prison, or I'm going to you know I'm going to just badmouth you, and you know. And bully you via either cyberbullying or physical bullying. We got to get out of that, man, or or we are going down a very dark path. Well, there, there's uh, there's people right now that are sitting and saying that you know if you are a Trump supporter, then you are a racist. Therefore, you have no right to speak. You shouldn't even have a right to vote or run for office. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing this, and it, and you know, I I could turn around and say that there are some people on the right who think that, you know, if you're a Democrat, then you obviously hate America, and you're a communist. Yeah. And, I know, you know, that's not the case. There are, you know, there's a difference between, say, a liberal and a leftist. Yeah. You know, lib- liberals, you know, I'm friends with a lot of liberals, but I, I have a hard time with some of the leftists, one of whom I remember I've known for many, many years, called me a fascist because... Of, of some of my conservative beliefs and you know and, and I have no doubt maybe not this person but many people in his in his party or in his belief system will will say that I am disqualified from even voting I am disqualified from even voicing an opinion uh, whether it's because of climate change or whether it's because of race relations or, or, or religion whatever the reason is yeah that, that's a dangerous way of thinking. Because imagine if you, this is why we don't have an established religion, because if you are a member of the Catholic Church or the Church of England or, or the, you know, the Anglican uh, Episcopal Church, you can't sit there and tell somebody that they have to follow your church, whatever the reason, oh, because God wants it. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. If you want to be a Hindu, if you want to be an atheist, if you want to be a Muslim, a Jew, it's not that I should tolerate your thinking, it's that you have the freedom to attend services or not attend services to worship the way you want. There's a difference between toleration and freedom. Yeah. And, 
And the, the founding fathers, the founding fathers reiterated that constantly. They never said anything about, you know, uh, you know, being a Christian or being a Catholic or being a Jew or being anything like that. It's like according to your conscience, like that's how you worship according to your conscience. It's how you believe that you should worship, and that's the foundation of America, right there, is the freedom of religion and the expression thereof, like the the freedom to express that. Or not express it, which is also a form of expression. Mm-hmm. Now, people who love history know about two major wars. Uh, one was the Peloponnesian War. Uh, Peloponnesian War was between Athens, Sparta, and, and Thebes uh, had a uh, had a big part in it, also. But but Athens was imposing its will everywhere. They were forcing islands. They were forcing cities, city states. To be part of the, uh, the, I think they call it the Delian League, uh, where Athens really ruled it. If you if you resisted, if you rebelled, Athens would go in there and they would annihilate you. Sparta, they they had they viewed things differently. Sparta wasn't the democracy that Athens was. Sparta, they they liked uh, you know they were more of like a right wing uh, school of thought where. Uh, you had an aristocracy running things, mm-hmm. but uh, but they they gave they they were kind of the anti Athens, where they said, listen, if if you don't want to be part of the Athens coalition, where you pay them tribute, then you can be part of the uh, the Peloponnesian League. There was a war that took place for twenty seven years between Athens and Sparta. We had you had different sides, different peoples all taking sides, whether they were pro Athens or whether they were pro Sparta. Well, Sparta ended up winning the war, but then their allies felt that Sparta was imposing their will on everybody, and so there were wars after the Peloponnesian War was finished. So, you know, here, you know, this is what I'm talking about, where you got to let people run their own affairs. Now, prior to the the, uh, uh, First World War, the Great War, the Ottoman Empire imposed its will on many, many nations. Now, there was a war, it was called the Balkans Wars. There were two of them, uh, in 1912 to 1913, which really helped set up the First World War, because the First World War started in Sarajevo. Uh, but the Balkan Wars, uh, 1912 to 1913, threw off the oppressive yoke of uh, Turkey. Turkey controlled... If, if you look at a map of Eastern Europe prior to 1912, you will see Turkey controlling uh, much of what is Greece uh, and uh, the former Yugoslavia nations. They rebelled against Turkey because they they wanted their own rule. They had a different religion. They they wanted a different government. So there was a war. Turkey lost uh, in 1913. Uh, Bulgaria, who was allied with many of the uh, anti-Turkish coalition, they ended up fighting their former allies because they wanted more. They wanted a, a larger Bulgaria. They felt that they didn't get enough uh, land, and they, they fought Serbia and, and Greece. And there was a war there, and then Turkey sided with Greece and, uh, and Serbia because they wanted to impose their will on everybody else. Now, during during your research, because I know you've researched the the Balkan Wars um, uh-huh. extensively, 
have you ever come across during during these uh, during the 1912 1913 during this time did anybody ever institute the Balkan death grip? I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> no, but on a, on a... actually, it, actually, Spock never had the Balkan death grip. It's not called the Balkan death grip. Well, here's I don't a... even know where that came from. On a, on a, death grip. On a serious to knock you out. On a, on a serious note, though, uh, speaking yep. of the Ottoman Empire, um, if I ever go into business selling Ottomans, yes, it'll be called the Ottoman Empire. Isn't there a... Oh, no, that's Carpet Giant. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I don't think anyone can sue you because uh, there hasn't been an Ottoman Empire. Well, actually, it ended, what, in 1924, I believe? Yeah, so it's past the seventy-year mark. So yeah, yep. So there you go. You can you, you can you can do that. All right, but, that's uh, all the jokes I got for right now. So okay. Now uh, Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia is another example where you had a federation of nations, and the, you know Belgrade decided to impose their will. And you know when uh, the Soviet Union uh, was well, they, when 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 the Iron Curtain fell, the uh, six different Yugoslav states decided they wanted to go independent, with the exception of Serbia and Montenegro. So, uh, you, you know, you had uh, Macedonia, Croatia, Slovenia, and uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina all said, hey, we want to be independent. Serbia was like, no, you're going to stay part of Yugoslavia. Well, those other states, they wanted their own autonomy. Serbia wouldn't give it. So there was a war. Serbia lost. And now... The former Yugoslavia is now uh, up to seven states uh, because I think Kosovo, they separated themselves from Serbia. So look what happened. Yeah. Turkey. Turkey, um, not only did they control parts of Eastern Europe in the beginning of the 20th century, but they also controlled much of what is now the current Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, and Iraq. They wanted their own autonomy. Turkey wouldn't give it. They would execute any so-called rebellious leaders. And then when France and Britain came in during the First World War, they they fought with the British and the French, and um, mostly the British, I should say. And uh, next thing you know, Turkey lost much of its empire because they would not be autonomous. They had, uh, they had an iron death grip on their outlying province. Also known as a Balkan death grip. The Balkan death grip. That's right. So, let this be a lesson to the United States. Yeah. Let the states be autonomous. Let us self-govern. We look. If you don't like how your state is, I mean, that to me, like, and I always apply this um, whenever I'm either discussing this with with other people or just thinking about it on my own like it's a free market enterprise from a from a state level really it's like if you don't like the state that you're living in or the city that you're living in you can move to a state or in a city that you do prefer it's it's all about it's it's competition it's the marketplace and and at a at a at a heightened scale it's like if you if you're living in Texas and you don't like it and you want maybe uh, like a more 
liberal way of, of living where you can either move, you know, to Austin or you can move to uh, somewhere else, maybe on the East Coast or the West Coast. Um, so, and, and vice versa. It's, but if, if we have the federal government just issuing things across the board and, and, it, and it comes down to, and ref, referring back to the Spanish Civil War, it comes down to every time there's an election and power changes hands, it's revenge that's on people's minds, which I think that's, what a, that's what's consuming a lot of people. Somebody asked me that the other day. They were like, what do you think is, is wrong with, with, with America right now? I said, I think it's revenge. I think every I think so many people have a spirit of revenge where they just want to get back at, at the other side. And so if you have that in government, the most the most powerful, you know, entity in the US, well, geez Louise, it's you're not going and you have them making federal laws, you're not gonna have anywhere to run. You're not gonna be able to because it's all gonna be the same across the board. So you won't have state to state and plenty of options to choose from. And that's that's no good. That's how you end up having revolutions is when it's all the same and nobody's budging, which is why the left in uh, during the Spanish Civil War, they're like, enough with this, which is why they started the Republic, because they had had enough of the Catholic Church and um, and just landowners just taking advantage of, of the poor. They had had enough, and so power switched hands, and they made massive changes. Then the right woke up, and they're like, no, we can't have this, and so it becomes a game of revenge, and that can never, ever end well, Um, and you end up doing things that you never thought you would possibly do, like murder, and and just run in and, and burn churches down, or burn buildings down, or and just do all types of things, and then not even really take the blame or say, well, our side wasn't as bad as the other side. And that's something that I always hear. And it's interesting that I was, you know, doing some research for this, for this uh, podcast. And I ran across a George Orwell quote uh, from his, his, um, his work, looking back on the Spanish war. He says, I have little direct evidence about the atrocities in the Spanish civil war. I know that some were committed by the Republicans and far more, they are still continuing, by the fascists. But what impressed me then and has impressed me ever since is that atrocities are believed in or disbelieved in solely on grounds of political predilection, right? Isn't that how you say that word? Predilection? Predilection. Boy, that's a tough one. Everyone believes in the atrocities of the enemy and disbelieves in those of his own side without ever bothering to examine the evidence. That yeah, is reminds, where... That reminds me of some of the debates, uh, CNN and MSNBC versus Fox News. Right. Um, the, the Russian, the Russian uh, collusion arguments that are going on right now where uh, the people on the right are saying... There was no Russian collusion. Uh, what about Hillary? Hillary was the one that was talking to the Russians. And on the left, it's obstruction of justice. We know that we know Trump did it. And oh, Hillary, that that was nothing. The, the server thing that doesn't bother me. So yeah. both sides are believing. There, you know, like whether it's Fox News or whether it's 
CNN, MSNBC, uh, CBS, ABC, NBC. Forget about what the other side said. My side is right. Your side right. is wrong. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm concerned about how this is going to be mm-hmm. for the future of this country. Um, I, I, having some conversations with some people who don't think the way I do, they, they would tell me that everybody in the country should think the way they think. And when I point out, okay, well, what if, what if uh, you thought a certain way and you could live in a certain state? For instance, uh, corporal punishment. State of Texas, I mean, the people here are, are more likely to support spanking in school. Yeah. But you go, you go up to certain areas of the Northeast, no, they're totally against it. Right. Well, there, there was a congresswoman, I, I don't remember if that was the one from New York, uh, where she wanted to make it a federal law that that teachers or principals were not allowed to spank in school, effectively making a federal ban of corporal punishment, which I thought was stupid Yeah. because I think that should be left to the states. It, it should be because, as we have discussed, and I know we've talked about it in, in other episodes, every state, like, everybody's different in every state. It's almost like you have 50 different countries. And I know we've said we've said that before. It's almost like 50 different countries, uh, or at least, like, per region, where you go to the Northeast, and it's like, man. And I'm talking about, like, us from, from Texas. Like, it's a different world. I, I love going up to New York City and... And just being there and hanging out with those people because they're so different than Texans. Um, and then you go to like the South, like in Georgia and Alabama, and it's like very different. You go to California, super different, like in a, in a different world. That's the beauty of America is that they're so like, like it's so vast. It's so diverse and, and, and diverse in thought um, and just in action. It's just it's very entertaining. You don't want to lose that by trying to put everybody under the same roof. And that's what a lot of people, they think that they've they've just nailed it. They've, they've gotten it down so well. Like, this is exactly how humans should behave. And if we make a law, we can change them or we can remake ourselves, um, which is very dangerous. And that's been preached for the past several hundred years is this constant, like, we can remake ourselves, we can remake ourselves, and what happens is you you get these, these either these skirmishes, these rebellions, or these civil wars, or you have all-out war, um, which, you know, if, if the last hundred years have taught us anything, <laughs> well, I don't want to use the uh, Al Pacino quote again, but it's that, you know, all these things can take place if people are pushed if they are pushed to the edge, if they are backed into a corner, and if you get millions of people who feel that they are together, and social media makes that easier to feel like, hey, you got a major echo chamber here and you got millions of people on your side, well, that emboldens you. So it makes you feel like, hey, let's let's retaliate and let's retaliate together. That's how that's how wars get started. That's how civil wars get started, and that's how a lot of terrible stuff takes place. And then you, and then you almost are begging for military suppression, where the military has to come in and, and bring order to the chaos. And in order for them to bring order to the chaos, what happens? You got to kill a lot of people. And I don't want to be a doomsday guy, 
But if you don't preach a doomsday, a possible doomsday message, people will just walk blindly into a doomsday. Well, look at uh, in, in, in Portland, you had the uh, alt-right and you had Antifa. And, and they were physically fighting each other. Yeah. I mean, there are people beating each other up right now. And, you know, stuff like this happened in the Soviet Union and it happened in Germany. It happened in Spain. Yeah. And, and look what happened to them. You either had a civil war or you had an oppressive regime take over because one side won and defeated the other side. And they wanted to make sure that the other side did not get their way. Yeah. And so you would have moderates that would now support the extremists because it was better to support the extremists than, than, than even give an inch to, to your opponents. Yeah. Well, man, uh, do you have anything else or you want to wrap it up? I think we can wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. Uh, as always, we like to end on a scripture. I don't want this to be a doomsday scripture, but it is what it is. Um, Matthew 24, 4 through 8 says this, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man lead you astray. And boy, oh boy, if we can look at the last 100, 120 years, 100, 200, 300 years, Let's just stick to the past hundred years, shall we? I got a little carried away. Take heed that no man leads you astray. How many times have people, people are being led astray all the time. And I think when, I think when people read this scripture, they keep it strictly to a religious perspective and it's, and it's not just religious. It's political as well. Um, It's educational. It's historical. It's anybody who is telling you a lie. It says, take heed that no man lead you astray, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. Uh, what did Jesus say he was? I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if somebody's coming in saying, I am Christ, I am the Christ, they're trying to take that and say, this is who I am. And shall lead many astray, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for these things must need come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation. And I had mentioned this earlier to you um, in the Hebrew. Um, it, for nation shall rise against nation. It's also ethnicity shall rise up against ethnicity, which we see here in the U.S. Um, yeah. And kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and earthquakes in diverse places. Famines. I mean, check out uh, China and Russia during their revolutionary eras, right? major famines that killed people because of decisions that were made economically um, to to do major switches. And you also saw this in the Spanish Civil War where peasants took over um, farms from landowners. And that's the thing. It's like, it can still happen here. Like, well, we're not an agrarian society. No, but, and the whole equality thing, we can we can jump on that at some other time. But it's it's along those same lines. Well, you have, the, you have the discussion of reparations. Yeah. The reparations, but I'm talking about like the, the, the outcry for equality, which meaning equality of outcome and not so much e- or qual- um, equal opportunity. So that's the danger. It says, but all these things are the beginning of travail. And interestingly enough, when I, when I pulled up this scripture to use for this episode, 
Um, I, I recently started on Frederick Nietzsche's uh, Will to Power. And the first part of it is saying, I'm going to predict the next 200 years. And he did pretty accurately. Um, he goes, but it's like the, it's like the earth is almost in anticipation of a catastrophe. And not too much longer after that, you had World War One pop up. And then you obviously led into World War Two, And it's... Right. And World War One was started because you had the Serbians didn't want Austrians running Sarajevo. And... And it was this whole ethnicity. This is where the whole Balkanization thing comes in. Mm-hmm. You had different Balkan states uh, that, that still exist today. The Albanians, Macedonians, uh, and some of the ones that I mentioned uh, with the uh, former Yugoslav states, the yeah. Greeks, the, the, the Bulgarians, they all, they all wanted to run things their own way. They were controlled by the Ottoman Empire for centuries, and they fought the Ottomans, they defeated them. But then there was divisions between the winners themselves. The 1913 Second Balkan War. You had this Yugoslavian uh, civil war in uh, 1991 uh, that went all the way through the 90s. Even even Kosovo splitting from Serbia. This is all an effect of what happens when people that want some form of autonomy are not given that freedom. Right. Mm. All right. Well. Well. All right, that's a. That, I think we gave a ton of information. Um, yeah, and I don't. I, I don't know if we we gave a, a whole lot on. I don't think we got to cover a ton. Did we get to cover everything that we wanted to cover on the the Mexican government and the tech, all that stuff? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. I mean, we weren't going to rehash it anyways. But yeah, all right, uh, all right, Alan. Where can they find us? They can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we also have our very own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, yeah, go check us out. Subscribe to all those things. Uh, like us on Facebook. Like us on um, Instagram and Twitter. We're really not really on Twitter, um, but we are. So, anyways, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. we got a ton of videos out there. Uh, go check out our website. Subscribe to this podcast. And also, do us a huge favor. Uh, rate it and review it and also get in on the conversation Um, if you've got some stuff that hey can you talk about this I don't know about this or you know discuss this type of thing that happened however long ago give us a holler uh, and we will we will do our best to to cover that Um, all right and also we'll throw throw this out there if you are part of an organization and you're wanting somebody uh, would like for one of us or both of us to come speak to your organization uh, reach out to us on Facebook. Just send us a direct message and we'll get back to you. That'll be awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. We hope that you have a safe and non-divisive week. We'll talk to you later.